eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We uh, had to get this one out a little earlier because we don't want everybody you know, searching for It's Always Game Day in Buffalo on Thanksgiving. We want you to enjoy it with your family and friends. What do you got going on? How's that turkey coming? You cooking it already? Watched a couple more videos to try and figure out what the heck I'm doing. Also, I would imagine that there's people who are driving back to Buffalo or driving to family and friends' house. So maybe they're listening to the podcast on the road. So if you're traveling for the holiday, safe travels to you and your family. I hope everybody has a great holiday. And yeah, I got to figure out how the heck I'm supposed to cook a turkey because I've watched like five different videos and everybody says to do something a little bit different. I don't know if I'm supposed to baste it, if I'm supposed to just put butter under the skin and that's enough to keep it moist. I don't know if I'm supposed to like do the word that starts with an S. I don't know what it's called where you like split it and it like goes flat and then it cooks it more evenly. So I'm just going to try and hope that it works out. I don't know what that word is to be quite honest. Split it. What is it? Yeah, I don't. Let me look it up while you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. (laughs) All right. Well, we will. uh, I'll try to keep talking here about the bills. Moving on to play the Eagles. Spatchcock. Yeah, how to spatchcock a turkey. This show took a very strange turn very quickly. (laughs) It's like when the turkey would be basically like you take out the backbone and then you spread it out flat. So I think it cooks more evenly. I'm basically a chef. You have a wishbone inside of a turkey, right? You have that too, right? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Don't you? Don't you ever did a wishbone? Like where you. You pull apart the whoever has the one at the thing at the end gets their wish. I know what I that know is. What I've that never is. done it though. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I think, think that's weird that you've never done it. Uh, wishbone is okay. Yeah. So I think it's in every kind of bird. It's in every bird. Yeah. yeah. But it's not really only when you cook the turkey that you do it though, right? 
I guess. On Thanksgiving, many Americans remove the wishbone from the turkey and two people pull at each end making a wish. When it breaks, the person whose part has the centerpiece will have their wish come true. There you go. I know what it is. I know the people do it. I've just never done it. it All right. We got to do it now this year. And maybe you'll wish for a uh, Buffalo Bills victory against the Philadelphia Eagles because they have a very, very uh, interesting and challenging game coming up on Sunday. In the meantime, we've had, you know, 48 hours here to reflect on what Mm -hmm. happened this past Sunday. Uh, Any thoughts more or less differently than what you had when you initially watched the game for the first time live before going back and watching it or taking in some of the data from Sunday's game against the Jets? You know what I think? I'm going to start right out of the gate hot. I think the Bills can win this game. I think the Bills can win their next two games. And I feel pretty confident. Not that they'll win both, but that they'll win one. I really do. I watched both of those teams play, and neither of them looked particularly dominant. The Eagles obviously just played like a very well-balanced game. I know the weather played a factor. They're going to be at home the couple days after Thanksgiving. They're in the Kelly Greens. It feels like everything is kind of stacked against the Bills. But the minute I saw the line, I thought that was interesting because that to me felt like Vegas was begging people to bet Vegas or to bet the Eagles, which usually is a good sign if you're the other team. And then as I watch the teams play, I'm like, the Bills can beat these guys. That doesn't mean they will, but it means they can. If the Bills play like they did against the Jets, which is obviously a much inferior opponent, I don't know if there's any team that they can't beat in this league. That's how good Josh looks. That's how much better the offense looks. And defensively, I don't know, it's tough to gauge them because they're now playing. They played against the third string Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, who's already bumped down the depth chart two spots after that game. So I just think that this is a winnable game and it's a much more winnable game than I would have said a week ago or even like a month ago. I agree with that, but I do think the Bills still have to play a very, very like not near perfect game. But they mm-hmm. just let's just say they can't make the they can't make the kind of mistakes they've been making. That's for sure. Which they didn't make many of them against the Jets. It was you know a, a team in the Jets. It was very limited offensively. We know that. Here's mm-hmm. the way I keep thinking about it. I'm watching the game. You know the the Chiefs and the Eagles, and I agree with you. Neither team looks super dominant. The weather wasn't that great, but I get the feeling that you know if in, if you give them extra opportunities, they're going to make you pay. Look, think about the. Um, mm-hmm. Eagles, and you need to have as many opportunities as you can against the Chiefs because that defense is really, really good. Let's focus on the Eagles, though. That's the Bills' next opponent. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're a very good team. I think they do a lot really well offensively. They're very good defensively. They're getting after Patrick Mahomes. They're going to do so, you know, against Josh Allen and company. And I think the key to this game right now, as I sit here on a Tuesday as we record this, I've already formulated it. Just don't give them the ball. Don't turn it over, Matt. I think the Bills think the big thing I've thought about lately. Here's what I've thought about the last forty-eight hours. I've thought about the losses, New England, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, the Jets week one, and they all have a common theme. The Bills gave the ball away. I think the Bills stopped giving the ball away. They win games. Yep. Yep. It's a pretty simple correlation, right? When you look at it that simply. The one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about for this matchup is the Eagles. They were not against the Chiefs in the first half. They've done an incredible job all year stopping the run. And it feels like that was kind of how the Bills snapped into things because they were getting effective carries on the ground and that made them a little bit more unpredictable and it made them a little bit more balanced. That's the one thing that's concerning. But the other aspect to that is that the Eagles allow more passing touchdowns than maybe any team in the NFL. And Josh Allen is certainly capable of stretching the ball all over the place. And they're coming off of a game where their passing offense looked better. So maybe this is going to be a game where we see Josh throw 
35 to 40 pass attempts. And if he can limit it to one interception, then I think you've got a really good chance. The minute you get over the one is when I think you start to really get concerned of like, okay, you've dug yourself a little bit too much of a hole. But if you signed up, if you knew every game there was going to be one interception, I think the good usually outweighs the bad. Now it depends on the situation. It depends on where on the field it is. But we watched the Eagles have an interception against the Chiefs and still win. Actually, did they have... No, the Chiefs had the interception and the fumble from Travis Kelsey. The Eagles had an interception from Jalen Hurts. So, you know, those teams were able to overcome it. I think that's very true. Protect the football. But I also think that you can maybe get away with one, just not more than one. I am concerned about DeAndre Swift out of the backfield and hurting the Bills in the passing game. He's very good, and he hurt the Chiefs. And the Bills have been Mm -hmm. hurt by running backs out of the backfield this year. Uh, they're even hurt a little bit, tiny bit, by Brees Hall. Brees Hall had a better game catching than he did running against the Bills yep, on Sunday. Yep. That is an area of concern for me against the Eagles. Do you think at all, I've thought back to, there hasn't been too many examples of this. They've played Lamar, what, three times the Bills? And they've done a, actually, well, four times, I think, if you count that first game, right? Didn't he, like, come in week one, 2018 or something? Yeah, yeah it wasn't really, like, he didn't play much. That was a blowout, but you're right, they... The Bills have done a pretty good job on him. Yeah, that was my point. I mean, like last year, they did a great job against Lamar. In the playoffs, they did an unbelievable job against Lamar. And then that first time they played him in 2019, they still lost the game, but they contained him a lot better than most of the teams the Ravens played that year. And that is not to say that this is just like uh, Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson. It's not even close to that. They're very, very different players, but a lot of Jalen Hurts' success, especially in the second half against the Chiefs, came because he started to scramble a little bit more and he started to run a little bit more. And everybody knows about the tush push, but you got to make sure that you contain that guy because if you don't contain that guy, he is going to destroy you on the ground. And then once he starts doing that, that opens up everything in the passing game. It's the same conversation we've had with Josh Allen. The minute you stop worrying about Josh Allen as a runner, as a defense, he becomes a much less dangerous passer. But when you know he can do both, that's when he can hit you over the top or when you're least expecting it. It's it's a very similar kind of game plan or a way of trying attacking a quarterback to that level of caliber, I guess you would say. So thinking back on the game, let's go look back at the game against Sun- on Sunday. Again, take mm-hmm. a look at the data, and we are two days removed from that. You know, mm-hmm. One of the storylines coming out, and people, you know, they, they call me on the radio on Monday and say, it's great to see them you know, spreading the ball around and not having to rely on you know, Stefan Diggs or even Gabe Davis. I think it's a double-edged sword because, yes, that was nice. Matt, like, Stefan Diggs needs to be better than four for 26, and you got to get more from Gabe Davis. You can't live yeah, life yeah. The, that way every, every Sunday, especially against better teams. Yeah, I don't think Ty Johnson is going to break off a deep touchdown on fourth and one multiple times, and you're not going to count on an 81-yard touchdown from Khalil Shakir on a regular basis. Yeah, you need more out of Stefan Diggs. You need more out of Gabe Davis. They're going to certainly focus on Diggs more than they're going to focus on Davis. This is my alarm going off to remind me that we're doing the podcast, by the way. I don't know if you just heard that in the background. But yeah, no, you need you need more production. You can certainly still lean on Kincaid. You obviously are going to probably get the most targets to Diggs. You need more from Davis, and then you need more from some of the secondary guys, the guys who we haven't really talked about, but at the same time, don't force it to them because it feels like every time they force a ball to Deontay Hardy, something bad happens, and Trent Shurfield has just been kind of invisible for most of the season. At some point, I thought we would see one of those guys have a big game or a big play. We just haven't yet. It's really just been Diggs, Davis inconsistently, and then Shakir 
spread in a little bit and then Kincaid. After that, it's the running backs. I mean, I would say right now, if you were putting in order their pass catchers and who is the most dangerous, tell me if you agree. I would go Diggs one, Kincaid two, and then I think it's a coin flip with Davis and Shakir as three and four. Or, well, actually, no, I might say James Cook and then Shakir and Davis. On that note, I got a really interesting stat for you that I think is a big key to the game. Bills, Eagles on Sunday. 